0: And welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray Thursday night means it's Supermark and Gibbo who join me tonight As we look ahead to Newcastle United's game against West Ham We talk about Willock and the imminent arrival at last And uh, take your questions on Newcastle United Good evening, lads Good evening,
1: Good job I'm great, Malcolm, great, I'm great, Malcolm. To see,
0: great to see you guys And uh, Willock on his way for the medical, Malcolm Bye, lad, it's took some doing this transfer
1: Yes, it has, hasn't it? Um, I, I, can I presume that he's not going to play Sunday? Or I think, John, it's before all?
0: 12 o'clock Friday. I think it's, yes, long it's that, that he's registered that, before that, noon on Friday. He's OK. Is that right?
2: Correct. The, the deadline guys for him actually being involved in the match is, 12, is got to be registered by 12 o'clock Friday, which means... <clears throat> He goes which he can easily make time-wise because he's on his way up here now. He's just gonna have a medical first thing in the morning and then on he goes. Uh, I mean my feeling in Newcastle have said nothing, and that's understandable at this stage, is that the best you could expect would be from to come off the bench. He's only played forty-eight minutes of football pre season with Arsenal. So, you know, he's even worse off in terms of getting mileage on the clock than some Maximum and Wilson and Shelby and the other guys. Uh, The greatest certainty is he would never make 90 minutes because of the lack of plays. The good thing is, that, uh, as I said last week, he wouldn't have to bed in at all because he knows every single player Mm -hmm. in the team because he played with them last season. But I mean, I think they would. I think they would put him on the bench and, and bring him on just to get it. If Newcastle have yeah. a goal down in the second half and the fans might turn and suddenly Willick standing on the touchline to come on, the crowd's going to go crazy and they're going to be with Newcastle for a grandstand finish. So yeah. I, I think they may well use him, uh, but he couldn't play ninety minutes, of
0: course. No. Uh, Mal I mean look It's uh, a comment there already uh, Willock's agent must have squeezed Charnley dry That of course was the issue Mal It was down to personal terms The fee had been agreed £25 million between the teams But uh, it appears that Joe Willock's dad Was getting the best deal possible And uh, led to believe he's probably The highest paid player at the club now Is that, is that fair do you think?
1: Yes because he's the most expensive And, and so if, if he's the most expensive, then yes, uh, uh, I think that he should be, um, well remunerated. Um, uh, and if he, yeah, if it works out that he's, that he's top, so be it. Um, you know, the, when you think that, that the leap that we've had in transfer fees of late is, is um, is quite incredible. And, and of course, Contracts go with it, and so it's not just the fee that's paid. It's 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 the worth of the contract that has to be added on top of that. Um, and uh, and so, if, if 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 he is the biggest fee player at Newcastle United, then he should have the biggest contract. I, I I've always felt that.
0: I guess John, this really, I mean. <laughs> You struggle to keep up when you Castle United and, and what they're actually doing behind the scenes with contracts, etc. But um, there was a wage cap, wasn't there, John?
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the wage cap is actually trying to get you as cheap as he can and for as long mm. as he can. I think, uh, I mean, the interesting thing, and it, it, it's the interesting thing from my point of view, looking at it, is that. In some ways, Ashley has gone against what he normally says, i.e. he doesn't want to spend as much as up to £25 million on one player. and This is the exception because he's been persuaded as he was persuaded in the past, which is you buy somebody in their early 20s, you give them a long contract, And they double the money if you come on to sell them When they're about 26 or 27 coming into the peak Now he did it twice in the past The only trouble is that the two people he he did it with It hasn't worked The first one he, he signed Joe Linton was just short of his 23rd birthday This guy's 21 as we know Joe Linton was just short of his 23rd birthday When he signed for Newcastle And Almiron was just short Of his 25th birthday When he signed for Newcastle And they were the, the top two Record buys at the time The only trouble is That Joe Linton's Worth has not Increased from his 40 million It's more than halved You wouldn't get anything like 20 million for Joe Linton as of today, if you were selling him with Almiron at twenty million, I don't respectively think, with his goal scoring record and perhaps lack of position, etc., that you, I think you would only get your money back at the very best at the moment. You wouldn't make a profit on Al Almiron, so it hasn't worked in their two cases. Mm. Will it mm. looks it? Different kettle of fish. And you know what I find amazing, guys, in all this, bearing in mind that Willock is an out and out midfield player, he scored eight goals in 13 appearances, 11 starts, two subs, eight in 13. So in half a season, Willock has bettered Joe Linton's total of Premier League goals in two seasons. Joe Linton's got six goals And 69 appearances So Willick's beaten that In half a season And Almirin Almirin is equaled Almirin's Premier League goal scoring record Over two and a half Years in Almirin's Case, his eight goals is, Took him 80 games Willick's eight goals Took him 13 games So it's staggering That already Willock has left those two guys Absolutely trailing And makes you think that His value will not Greatly reduce as Joe Linton says, and as Almirin's hasn't increased it's, But those facts are, are quite Amazing half in half, a, half hmm. a year he's done Better than Joe Linton's done In two years and equaled what Almirin's done in two and a half years
0: yeah, uh, Mal, it's, uh, it's certainly interesting, isn't it, when you hear the, the, the amount that, that these players are getting paid at Newcastle. And I mean, you know, Shelby's up there, um, round round around the 70 grand mark, I think it is. Um, you know, it, it, it's a lot of money. So I guess Ashley's plan with him knowing that he's going to be here for at least the start of this season. He'd still be hoping that there's a takeover of some description happening, I guess. But I guess he was just clearing the wages off, getting rid of the likes of Muto, et cetera, to, to, to give himself a chance of bringing uh, Willock in.
1: Mm. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, it's Deadwood that's gone and uh, and, and a, a real pair of fresh legs um, that's come in in Willock. And, and he scores goals from midfield great um, uh, and, and that's how business sh- should be done and Newcastle should have been doing a lot more of that kind of business because there has been over the over the past few years there's been some right deadwood um, in, in, the, in the club and uh, and sometimes you've got to take a bit of a financial hit um, when somebody is deadwood um, but better that you do that um, and, and, and keep your squad. Um, really at, at, at um, firing on all cylinders uh, and, and at its peak, um, you know, without that deadwood hanging around, which, which drags you down, always drags you down. And, and, and the situation that Newcastle have now is um, that, that Joe Linton, um, he, he's, he's pulling the whole situation back because he's not good enough to reach the quality that's necessary right now, and he's not, and he just hasn't got enough improvement in him. He's got no improvement um, for the for the projection over the over the coming season. Uh, and uh, and I, I've always I've always believed if you've got if you've just got half a thought that that somebody. Ain't really doing what is necessary What you want to see Get him out But Newcastle are very, very slow on doing that Very slow
2: It's interesting what you said there, Malcolm Because you're actually right And I remember a lot of years ago The Chronicle thought, let's do a feature You know, when Liverpool were winning everything They were winning the European Mm. Cup uh, four or five times in the days of McDermott and Ness and etc. etc. and the chronicle said, get in touch with Bob Paisley, see because it, it, a northeast lad, so he might be interested in doing a favour to another northeast lad myself. See if you can go down and spend some time with him. And it, Bob said yes, and I went down and spent four or five days with Bob as I did with Bobby Robson when he was at Porto, and sort of lived with him for those days and you're sort of saying what is the secret of Liverpool's success and he was saying one of the secrets was exactly that Malcolm that no manager because managers bought everybody in those days not a Mm. director of football etc and he says no manager will never make a mistake in the transfer market the best managers are the ones that make the least mistakes in the transfer market and he said you know if I make a mistake this is Bob Paisley In the transfer market I realise it quickly And I get the guy out so quick Fans have forgotten he was here in the first place He says, and what a lot of managers do They try to justify buying that player By keeping putting him back in the side In the hope that he'll do well And he'll justify the thing That just heightens, he says The mistake you've made the minute you realise you make a mistake, get the guy out in the fans mm. within a very short space of time, he'll even forget that he was here in the first place. And I think that's good advice, Malcolm.
1: Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with what he said to you. I really couldn't. Um, because um, what well, it not only it not only weakens the team, but it stops progression from happening. It stops improvement because you're always being held back. A, um, a, a player who's not quite up to it, he's like an anchor. And he's just holding you back all, all the while. Um, and, and it's interesting to hear that he would then get them out as quickly as possible. Um, and, and that's absolutely the right way to do it. And there is nothing worse than having a manager who tries to who, who who tries to turn the situation around because what, what you're doing is actually just going backwards and, yeah. and and I feel that that Newcastle United pretty much from the start we all knew that Joe Linton was not up to the to the level that he needed to be He has shown no improvement whatsoever I've said this before but I will say it again That I had been watching him quite carefully And I was getting a bit horrified by, by the stats that I was working out in my head And so one game I watched him and counted over the whole 90 minutes how many times the ball went to him and what happened from there for every three times the ball went to joe linton he lost it twice when you're playing in the premiership a team cannot afford to lose the ball with such regularity because in the end you're always just chasing and chasing chasing the game chasing the opposition all because of fellas ability isn't good enough um and and if if i can if i can see that for heaven's sake they've got to be seeing it on on the bench at newcastle in the technical area and and them up in and and, and those washing from up in the stand and they and they they have to take the hit and say we've made a mistake get him out otherwise the whole just keeps getting dragged down, dragged down by a bad player. And, and it doesn't matter what you do, you can't overcome it. Um, other than perhaps, uh, um, you drop him, but here again, this is the mystery for me of what's going on at Newcastle. Joe Linton is playing all of the time. He's constantly selected. To start the match, and and, and 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 if I if I was a part in that dressing room, and I'd look at the team sheet, and I would just go, oh no, he's in again, and and right from the start, I'm in the wrong frame of mind, in preparation for the game that's about to take place, and and so you you have to do what's necessary as bob paisley was explained to you john you have to do what's necessary not not just for the not just for the team but all of the individual players that make up that team um all all the the guys in um the in the rest of the squad because somebody is sat there looking at joe linton and saying well the manager reckons he's better than me is he kidding? You know, and, and, that, and that bad feeling, it, it's spreading, spreading around the dressing room, spreading around the training ground, and, and, and it's negative. And, and, and the reason why Bob Paisley got him out was because he just kept everything positive, totally positive, no, no negativities at all. Um, and and that's the right way to go. And Newcastle, they're holding on to their negativity.
0: Who would you like to see come in, uh, John? Uh, it says with Joe Willock, pretty much the same player. Um, I, I mean, I'm still keen on bringing a forward in, especially after what Malcolm said about Joe Linton there. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's a good point. First and first and foremost, um, one of the things that has delighted me with the Willock deal is that it's a permanent deal it's delighted me because it means we've got the guy not just for six months like last time or even for a year one season but we've got him for good he's on a six-year contract as you know which is the current thing newcastle do they give a six-year contract to murphy didn't they um but one of the good things about them being here permanently is as we all know that frees up another position on loan because we're allowed two on loan players at the same time if one had been taken by willick then we're in a severe situation about who we can get through the door we can still get two on loan players through the door and i suspect what we will get will be on loan so we've got two Now I know from what Bruce wants And I can see it That he wants an aggressive All purpose Midfielder who can get around the park Unlike say Shelby Who can't get around the park They can get around the park Be aggressive, rattle a few cages Make things happen So we will, I think Be looking for a midfielder And he wants to sign the centre half Who Is quick uh, who's aggressive, who will push up, close space, hold a high line, be able to press quickly. And, of course, when you think about our central defenders, they're all of a certain age, aren't they? They're all yeah. older than 27, they're a lot of 30, 31 or 32. I think Lascelles is the youngest um, of, of the central Uh, Defenders So we will definitely go For a midfielder And a centre-half What you said Steve I would like to see a striker In fact I think it's imperative But evidently Steve Bruce Does not think it's imperative He has said that we've got Enough up top Despite the fact that Carroll's gone From last season's squad And Muto has gone Now I agree with both of them going But I only agree that They should go if you get somebody In to top up the numbers Again What we are now stuck with As out and out target men Is um, Callum Wilson Backed by Dwight Gale and that is it. When he was asked to explain why we've got enough, he put Almirian in there, he put San Maximum in there. And for me, they aren't through the middle strikers. Their <laughs> best positions are elsewhere. They are not people that play in that position. And heaven forbid that we end up with uh, Jeff Hendrick playing there as he did it with him, which you. So I think Steve You were there yeah. Scored a great back post header, But that doesn't make him A centre forward no. And Willick scored Eight great goals last season But he he's best arriving late Not playing centre forward And I think We could get caught out badly Up top This season Because of a lack of depth Because we know And it's a sad fact We know that Callum Wilson Will not play all 38 Premier League games this season Because Mm -hmm. he's too injury prone He will not play all 38 For that matter, San Maximum won't play all 38 Because they're injury prone At some stage they will get an injury Now when, hopefully not a long one But it has been that way in the past When Callum Wilson's injured We've got to rely on... Dwight Gale, and if he hits a patch where it's not happening from, or he becomes depressed or disillusioned, and I know he did well against Norwich, but that's a one off friendly against a team that are relegation favourites and had a bunch of kids in. Uh, so I am concerned, like you, Steve, about up top, but evidently Steve Bush isn't. So I don't think we're going to buy up top. I think no. we'll buy a midfielder and a centre, a central defender. We talk we a seven and a half? Move. Yeah. Huh?
1: Typical centre-half <laughs>
2: Yes, well, there you go Yeah, strengthen
1: yes. the defence Get the midfield right Oh, to hell with a forward line
0: <laughs> Big talk about a potential a potential loan player from Roma. Of course, uh, lots of players getting linked with Newcastle. The good news is, you know, it looks like we've broken our ducks. So fingers crossed. Was a, a couple more across the line, even if they are loan deals before uh, the, mm. the transfer window closes. But um, yeah, uh, you know, look, twenty five million pound as Paul Oxley says. is nothing in today's market inflated values. Yeah. In my opinion, I'd say fifty k tops for him. But he's on twenty five k at Arsenal. I mean, look, there's lots of people talking about it, but. He's right. Paul is right. In, in a nutshell, twenty five k. When you see the likes of Grealish going for a hundred, Kane being linked with a move away for hundred and fifty, <laughs> and Malcolm. I mean, did you ever thought you think you'd see the day when uh, Lionel Messi uh, would be making best part of twenty five million pound a year in wages?
1: Yeah, I think the deal is more. It, it, it's more than that that he'll be getting. But he's coming a free transfer, of course. <laughs> so. Um, it, it, So you you expect the contract to to on on a on a on a player who's totally proven, Um, then you you pay them you pay the money because you imagine the um, the the big companies who just want to be involved with Paris Saint Germain for all the publicity that's that's going to go their way and and companies will want to get uh, um, on the in, into, into it as a part of it all um, You know, Lionel Messi Is going to be bringing in Tens and tens and tens Of millions of pounds into the coffers Of Paris Saint-Germain So he, he's worth it because You know, like, I suppose What, he's, he's one of the top two In the world, him and, um, and Ronaldo Yeah. So, yeah And can you imagine,
2: guys Can you imagine, guys, though if If uh Charnley acting on the instructions of Ashley took a little while to haggle over um Willock Sr. and the money wanted in wages for Willick. Do you think he might have gone as bold as uh Steve if he'd had to handle Messi's wages and wage demands?
0: <laughs> <laughs> mind my John, um have you ever seen anything as funny as um uh, Lionel Messi in tears about leaving Barcelona oh. And then two days later, um, in tears of joy Oh, I mean, yes uh, I mean, what jumped to my mind
2: was um, crocodiles When I saw the tears, it immediately jumped to my mind I mean, I thought he was suicidal and he was never going to recover again And uh, he was going to be wearing black for the rest of his life Two days later, the old thumbs up and he's slipping around um, uh, Paris, giving the old waves and that. I thought, it, it hasn't taken you long to forget about Barcelona, son. Once you saw all those, uh, those mm. millions of pounds being offered to you, suddenly Barcelona was very quickly forgotten. But uh, that's life and that's a footballer's life. But um, aye, it, it was a big laugh. What I'm wanting to see now... Is I I do not want Mike Ashley To be sitting tonight With a big cigar A bottle of Plunk And a very smug smile on his face Saying I've done the business I've done what's right by my football club And you all (laughs) thought I wouldn't And sitting back in a deck chair Because all he has done so far If we want to be totally harsh Is made his club as good as they were at the end of last season When we had Willick And we, the squad we now have with Willick through the door Is the squad that finished last season He has got to go on and do at least two more deals Before August the 31st To give Newcastle any sort of chance And that is the midfield and the centre-half I would love three deals with a striker as well but if we sit back and say the job's done because we've got Willick we are selling this club short the job is not done we've got to go on and get a couple of more signs the job is not done we've got a side that is good is the one that finished last season and it finished the season well and that was lovely and that was terrific but you, you improve every summer, surely, Malcolm That's what a club has to do It has to improve And to improve, we need two more signings Because what we've done is drag the club back up To where it was at the end of last season Because it was very down without Willet. But it, we haven't taken it any further And Ashley must do that
1: Sure, I, I couldn't agree more, John um, But it, it, it's no use... Just bringing in anybody—you've got to bring in players of of, of, of of a satisfactory quality. Good heavens! You know, I, I think haven't we seen enough of the mutos and and players like that who really just are, are so far from from the, from the necessary level? Um, well, Malcolm, if we think if we think if some of the loan signings,
2: because that's what we think we'll get mm. that we've had recently. Like Benteleib and uh, Danny Rose in Slimani Remember the centre forward Slimani Yeah. Know? I yeah. mean, you know, if you look at those sort of loan deals, we've got to have better loan deals than that. We've got to have a, a loan deal mm. that's as good as Willick was last season when he came sure. on.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: And you're absolutely right. The first thing you've got to do is sign players, but the second thing you've got to do is sign good players. Whether, mm. you know, mm. uh, absolutely. And, and, that's what's
0: important here. Yes. Yeah. Shout sure out to our sponsor, Spider VPN, who've been with us for the last few months for all your internet security. Google Spider vpn They come up at the top of the search list. Protect your passwords, everything on your computer. Give Spider VPN a shout today Skipsandbins.com as well Been with us for the last few months Telephone at 800 25 3 Email enquiries at skipsandbins.com Website www.skipsandbins.com Easy contract Free and pay as you go Waste collection Also a big shout out to John at UK Who is in the chat again tonight Good evening John Make us at pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend in Newcastle And of course to uh, John at Jab who's got an new line on its way uh big shout out to john who does all of our flyers Uh, also a couple of main sponsors who joined us for this month darren baldwin funerals uh find them 304 old durham road gates at ne 84bq telephone 0191 478 273 or email darren at darren baldwin funerals.co.uk the website as well www.daron baldwin funerals co.uk and uh, also to Ellen G the family funeral directors 0191 Uh just a shout out for the dog and parrot as well it was great to be back there last weekend with Malcolm uh, and uh, Joe Allen and Malcolm will be there from 12:30 this Sunday doing a quick talk in. Pretty much, so get yourself along to the dog and parrot, and there's still time to get tickets for me and Malcolm uh, next week at the farmhouse kitchen in Gateshead. Uh, only about ten tickets left for that, so it's going to be a cracking night. Uh, and if you want uh, to go along to that, it's ten pound a ticket uh, at the farmhouse kitchen in Gateshead. Give them a shout direct. Before I get into any more of the lads' questions. Uh, We do have a a friend of the show, Dodo Bird, uh, Malcolm and John, who every now and then likes to drop us an email. Uh, And we've had a a brilliant email off him today. Uh, Forgive us for taking a couple of minutes out of the show to read it. Um, He's decided to send in a couple of his most embarrassing stories. Uh, This one, he says, he was educated at Hayden Bridge Technical School many years ago and enjoyed and participated in rugby, football and cricket to a reasonable standard. I found myself as a regular first team player in all of them. Come the end of school year, sports week was an occasion everyone looked forward to whether they were sporty or not. Fellow students were allowed to invite their friends and relations with the bonus of not having to wear school uniform and chance to really let their hair down. My all-round sporting status made me quite popular and with no one less than the deputy head girl Melanie Heinmarsh. She was popular with everybody, including the boys and a really sweet girl, not too dissimilar to Holly Willoughby. Uh, that week, team sheets were being put up and starting times for games displayed in the public part of the school. As I was checking this out myself, Melanie came to have a look and said, Hello, Dodo Bird. Have you been picked for the cricket match against Hexham Grammar?" then? Just checking now, Melanie, who saw my name before I did. And to my surprise, she said, Yes, 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 you're there. Look. She even clapped her hands and started to jump up and down. Didn't know you liked cricket, Melanie. Well, I'm liking it even more now, she said. Oh, really, I replied. Well, if you want to watch, come to the Sports Pavilion Thursday and and I'll save a few seats for you and your friends. Placing both hands on my shoulder, she gave me a kiss to the side of my face and said I can't wait as she departed. This was totally unexpected and a bit confusing as I thought you were seeing Jason Smithy, who I could see was also on the same team sheet as opening batsman. Well, this was my chance And was looking forward to seeing her there also. On the day I was already padded up and ready to bat at number five. While Melanie arrived with her long blonde hair in a brown suede jacket and short matching skirt. She looked stunning and introduced her friends to me. I guided them to their seats. thanked them for coming to support me. On another uh, one out. And now it's me and a real chance to impress. I warmed up Botham style as Melanie wished me luck. And took my place at the crease jason smithy was still there on 23 i bedded myself in with a couple of singles when my chance came a short ball had me swinging to clear the boundary for six runs but as i twisted it only caused my protective box to dislodge smithy called for two runs but as i moved forward the box worked its way down my trouser legs for all to see it got trapped between knee and pad and it rendered me almost immobile and reduced me to a painful embarrassing hop skip and a jump i could hear everyone laughing But if I could make it without getting run out, it would uh, give me time to readjust. Inexplicably, Smithy called for another run and was halfway down the wicket before I'd even started. No, I screamed at him, get back, but it was too late and I was out. Total humiliation was my fate. A good night, Vienna, to any chance of romance with the lovely Melanie, who seemed to disappear pretty quickly. Many say that Jason Smithy did this on purpose to get back with Melanie, but I don't think... Uh, I don't like to think like that Perhaps I just simply have a problem with trousers Objects getting trapped in them Or even coming apart at the seams Ask Malcolm MacDonald and John Gibson They will tell you Poor me (laughs) 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 They're going to go about these trousers at Malcolm's shop
2: that's, that's right, that's what we initially talked about If you remember, he bought his trousers at Malcolm's shop And they disintegrated before he got over the time bridge I believe which, uh, But I mean, I would staunchly say that wasn't the case There's a photograph of me, which is just behind the laptop now With a pair of most outrageous flares on you've ever seen in your life And they were sailors' trousers, magnificent Bought at Malcolm's shops, and I look like the, the dog's hydraulics in them. So uh, I've got nothing but good to say about Malcolm and his choosers. I mean, no don't, don't you worry,
1: John, they'll be coming back into fashion fairly soon. <laughs>
2: hey, I've, I've got them upstairs, pal. Everything comes back into fashion.
0: James Brown says Supermark is a former professional Who has played at the highest level of the English game What runs through a player's mind at this point In the season, especially when a fan base Is as deflated as we are Um, The players won't be thinking about About how the fan
1: base Is is feeling Um, They'll be just Very focused, concentrating Solely on getting a a really good start to the season, um, and great first game at home. Um, and West Ham are a footballing side, um, a good footballing side. And um, but nevertheless, Newcastle last season had a terrific record against them, and and so uh, the the players will be working to win. The fans over, you know, and it's uh, um, and you, you, you do that. You look to do that early on in every game. Get the fans on board, you know, and, and it's actually said in dressing rooms, come on, get out there, get the fans on board early. Um, and, and it really does make a difference. Supporters make a difference to, to, to a, a side's um, a, a, a performance. Um, particularly when playing at home. And so uh, I hope that there is, that there are good numbers on Sunday and that there's a lot of noise um, at, 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 to get the season started. And let's judge the situation on what we see over that 90 minutes rather than prejudging
0: anything. Okay, Okay. Nicholas, I'm not going to the match at the weekend I'm actually on Abbey Road, believe it or not I booked a trip to Abbey Road for the Sunday Not expecting Newcastle versus West Ham to even entertain Sky And of course, what did they do? They moved the game And I'm afraid I paid too much and I've waited too long To walk across that infamous zebra crossing And go round those wonderful studios with me dad and especially after COVID, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to actually go with me dad to somewhere where we'd both like to see together. So unfortunately, me and me dad are missing. Hence the reason that Malcolm and Joe are doing the pre-match talking together. But uh, right, yes, and, and
1: yes, and will will they be uh, copying the Beatles' "Silly Walk Across the Zebra"?
0: Possibly, possibly. Uh, I mean, obviously, we spoke off-air about this, guys. But you, neither of you, will be at the match on uh, Sunday.
2: Um, No, certainly not in the press box, um, Mm -hmm. because uh, Newcastle United have decided to limit uh, the number of journals going from each newspaper to two this season because of social distancing with COVID, so they say. Uh, I don't think there's social distance in the crowd because if it was at all physically possible, they would have 52,000 in because that's 52,000 lots of door. But evidently the press box... um, Presumably, they don't want to, they don't mind if the crowd die, but they don't want the press to die because uh, they're social distancing so they won't get <laughs> so we won't get covered. Um, Fingers crossed saying that, John, haven't you? <laughs> and that's hap- that's happening for the whole of the season. Um, and <laughs> so, that's a nice welcome back after a, a year and a half of. Um, uh, but by the way, they don't mind, we're told. If we pay To go in the crowd And sit uh, Jowl to jowl with Supporters um, As long as the money is getting uh, Is Forthcoming so um, I, I think it will be um, Television In some cases And uh, relying on friends And sitting elsewhere In the ground on other occasions But uh, I'm not going to be allowed to have a look at my beloved press box, which I've spent the last 55 years, certainly pre-COVID, inside. Um, I'm not going to be allowed to see that indefinitely in the future.
0: So Mm. all I can say is uh, bring on the takeover. If I was a cynical kind of chap, I would say that there's uh, evil spirits at work. Yes, yeah, as Mike Ashley would probably say. Um, it suits the it suits the narrative of this moment in time. Less people in the press box equals less less pressure. Um, you know, from my perspective, I think that stinks, mm. and I think you two basically should be there. But um, you know, let's see what happens over the next couple of months. I guess because. You know, surely with COVID on the on the on the decline with vaccinations, you know, being completed by most and COVID mm. tests, covert vaccination tests coming in by October in all Premier League grounds. And of course they're doing spot testing. You would imagine those rules and regulations will be changing forthwith and you'll be back in there before you can say John Gibson and Supermac.
2: Well, the inter- the interesting thing is that In heaven forbid this happens But if Newcastle started Rather badly this season And having the crowd back in They turned on the esteemed manager There may be a total reversal of roles And they will have the social distancing In the crowd To get rid of all the people That's having a go at Steve Bruce And might fill the press box With people to make excuses For what is happening behind the scenes So the whole thing might be turned on its head The the pig They're desperate to get a full crowd in It could actually boomerang on them If things aren't going too well But I don't pray for that I pray because This is my club that I've supported From the cradle to the grave and i always want newcastle united to do well and perhaps a significant thing guys because we've had a very 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 depressing summer but the significant thing and you would think this was almost pre-planned is that the mood has it not is lifted a little in the last couple of days with the news that willock is joining us permanently Fans are beginning to say Well that's good That It's not a matter of giving any credit To Mike Ashley or Steve Bruce In the eyes of fans It's that honest Joe Is coming back to Newcastle Hopefully bringing his goals again Though my Joe, by the way boys We've got to be realistic About Joe Willock Eight goals in 13 games And he's a midfielder Not a striker We cannot Honestly, expect that ratio to continue for a whole season this mm-hmm. season because it would be very difficult for Alan Shearer to have that ratio and expand on it. Never mind the midfield, they're coming late. So, he's not going to score quite as many goals per game as he's been as he did the second half of the season, but he has significantly lifted. And you know what I think is also good, fellas. I think he is the sort he's got this beautiful, beaming smile, open face. He says all the right things on social media, he says all the right things in after match interviews. And I think, like San Maximum, him and San Maximum identify with the fans. The fans love them as people, as well as extrovert players. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll do an awful lot. Towards helping lifting negativity. It's in James's Park, him in St. Maximum, because they are they look as if they're enjoying the football, don't they? The, the, yeah. the, the beaming face, the you know, the positive attitude, this, the positive things that Joe Willock says after a match, the the relationship is already established with the fans when they weren't in the ground. Imagine what they're gonna be like with them now, they are in the ground. Yeah and i think he will do an awful lot to help bridge that gap between the crowd and UFC
1: and I also wanna... i'm I, i'm interested in in watching um, the how, how the relationship that has developed off the field between um, joe willock and st maximin how that further develops actually on the field during matches
0: uh, and uh, they're yeah, massive I mates. They're massive mates, Malcolm. A bit whiz bang. They're massive yeah, let's, hope so. yeah. <laughs> let's hope so. Uh, just a quick one on Adam Armstrong, Malcolm. From your perspective, I mean, you know, he's he's gone a long way around to get there, but he's finally a Premier League player. How do you think he's going to do?
1: I think he'll score goals. Um, he's he's not he's not going to find it as easy. That's for sure. Um, but nevertheless. Uh, I've over the years the the little I've seen of him I've always liked him I've always felt that he is a threat, um, uh, but I shall I I, I, I shall never forget that that one time that Newcastle um, they actually put him in the first team and played him in midfield. Do you remember that, John? Yeah, they he did. Was, yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They played him in midfield, and I, I thought, oh, you idiots! yeah you know, the lad is just an out and out goal scorer um terrific at it he he will find a way to create magic in the penalty area and uh, and good luck to him and yeah Seriously. I,
2: I i wish him all the very, very best. He's a lovely lad. He's yeah. a jolly lad. All the very, very best, apart from the two games at Southampton played <laughs> and And then I, I wish that he hits the corner flag regularly during that hour and a half. But he, he's gone to quite a good club, I feel, for <laughs> developing the younger player without the pressure mm. of a top six club. Um, <laughs> to play football in the right way and... Um, I, you know, I I think it's a good club to be a centre-forward at because I think you will get opportunities the way they play their football um, and it's a non-pressure club, really. Mm. Um, and it's ironic, isn't it, guys, that at the time when we are talking about have we got enough cover up top and we've only got Dwight Gale to, uh, to go with... Callum Wilson covering that one position That the two lads we had as youngsters at the club Are about to become Premier League players this season For the first time And that's Adam Armstrong at Southampton And Ivan Tony with Brentford It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how both of those go uh, This season when they're in the Premier League Are they good enough for the Premier League? They're certainly Were brilliant at championship level And if the balls do go around scoring goals um, Then Newcastle could look Okay, we had 40% of the fee For going to Southampton But that's not what it's all about What it's all about at Newcastle Is trying to get forwards that'll score goals And I will be following very closely How will Tony and Armstrong do this
0: season Bede mm. just wants to know, uh, we're obviously linked continuously with centre-halves. Phil Jones is one who has been mentioned on many occasions. Malcolm, uh, Bead's not a particular fan of Phil Jones, makes too many mistakes and is injury-prone. Is that your thoughts on him as well? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Phil Jones um, at all. Uh, no. Um, uh, and they'll be better around... There's, there's there's a lot of centre-halves who, um, who who would love to come to Newcastle um, on loan, for sure. The identical
2: ident- picture, Mal, that is being given off the record by Newcastle United with a type of centre-half mm-hmm. for one, somebody that's quick, aggressive, uh, presses high and presses quickly, gets over ground quick. This is not what Jones is. He's, no, in Jones isn't, no. He's not quick He doesn't mm. do that And by the way, when I mentioned earlier in this show About how all our centre-halves Are about the same age Around the 30 mark Well, Jones isn't going to bring that age down At all um, I don't think the identical picture We have been given Of the mm. type mm. of centre-half Newcastle United need Fits Phil Jones at all
1: No No it doesn't um, it, 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 I don't think he's a good enough um, player on the deck anyway and and newcastle do do tend to play it um, from the back and uh, so no he, he's he's not for me um, but I, what what I would like to see is somebody who is prepared to push up uh, and and then drop off and 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 if, if, if Shelby, when he's in the side, I want to see a centre-half who's telling him to get pushed forward, stop dropping off. Um, because I think the centre-halves are way too lax and allow Shelby to to boss the, um, the performance of Newcastle United um, how he wants it to be. And, and, and all too often, he's totally wrong. The, the, yeah, two, a
2: lot of- the, the two centre-halves that, that fitted an identical picture, And I'm not saying they're good enough But what Newcastle wanted, they missed out on, didn't they? It was the kid from Celtic who uh, who went down and signed for Brentford Yeah, yeah mm. instead of for no. us And the Manchester United centre-half Who has gone on loan to Aston Villa when it looked as if he might come on loan To Newcastle He'd been on loan to Aston Villa before But it was when mm. Steve Bruce was manager And they, therefore Newcastle Thought that he would come and play for Bruce again um, Because he would be a regular centre-half here And not an automatic centre-half In the first team at Aston Villa But the two that were Newcastle United's Choices have both been lost So they're looking
0: yet again mm. Yeah. Let's uh, look ahead to the West Ham game now. And uh, obviously, um, it's a two o'clock kickoff this coming Sunday at St. James's Park. Uh, Covid vaccination uh, request of a Covid passport isn't required for this particular game. However, uh, in line with the Premier League and government guidance, a small number of spot checks will be taking place around St. James's Park. So, supporters are asked to download the NHS app have it on their phones and uh, prove that they've had their vaccinations, but you won't be asked to leave if you do not have that. But this is just something we're going to have to get used to, uh, moving forward, I'm afraid. As for the lineups, it's a little bit early, but uh, I can tell you that obviously Martin Dubravka and Paul Dummett will both be unavailable still due to injuries that they have sustained. Uh, we are not quite sure what is going to happen in the goalkeeping department. Uh, will there be a top flight debut for Freddie Woodman? Or will Carl Darlow return after missing the pre-season with COVID? Uh, That is probably the biggest question hanging over the squad. But uh, pretty much at full fitness, uh, Newcastle United going into this game. As for the visitors, West Ham, uh, there are doubts over their defensive pair um, of Masaku and Ogbonna. And efforts to continue to sign another centre-half, Milenkovic. Are still ongoing um, It's an interesting one this guys It's uh, it's a, a game Which Newcastle of course Won last season um, 3-2 and There was an own goal, Joe Linton and Willock uh, So look It's it's an interesting game, let's come to you first Malcolm, it's, it's nice to get off to a Good start at home, and of course You mm-hmm. were a man who did that in your home Debut against Liverpool
1: mm-hmm. Yeah um, Yes, I, I I hope that we see an identical performance by West Ham to the opening game of last season, because that was one of the most shocking performances I've I've ever seen. And and Newcastle, good for them, they made the most of it. Um, But that was, um, of course, down in East London, and and Newcastle finished 2-0 winners. Uh, The remarkable thing is the recovery that West Ham made and how quickly they improved and and up the table they went and some of their football i, I thought where where on earth is that coming from considering what i saw in that opening game um so what what uh, what to expect from them I, I i think that david moyes will be uh, he will have been Making his feelings well known about what he thought of that performance a year ago, um, and and he'll have warned them that uh, uh, that he's not going to tolerate anything like that at all, and he'll have them well wound up. And of course, that that their, their final finish last season was quite phenomenal, and 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 if that doesn't give them huge confidence, then what on earth is going to? uh we know that they're gonna that that, that they are a, a real footballing side and they look to outbeat you by skill um i would like to think that uh that that uh, the likes of st Maximin, he 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 can play a powerful part um uh, and uh, and work a work a bit of manage, magic and um and get some supply into the front guys um But if West Ham, uh, if they are playing the kind of football that I saw in the latter part of last season, they're going to be a very, very difficult team to beat. That's
0: for sure. John, Martin Atkinson is the referee uh, for this weekend. We've got uh, VAR, of course. It seems seems a while since we've spoken about VAR on this because the uh, the European Championships were virtually VAR free at times. Um, Mm. But, yeah, Peter Banks is in charge of VAR. John, it's it's always good, isn't it, to be back in you know back in first game of the season. Usually, the ground full, usually full of black and white tops, usually people full of optimism. Uh, but under Mike Ashley, those days have been few and far between. And and, and now we're going into a ground essentially at the weekend is a live TV game. Um, Newcastle United season tickets haven't sold out. The tickets haven't sold out for this game. Um, what are you expecting from from the game itself and, and from, from from the atmosphere in the ground, I guess? Because people are back, fans are back.
2: Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, Steve, <coughs> in the beginning of the game, the, the, the fans will be so pleased, I think, to be in the ground, first and foremost, for a competitive game as opposed to a friendly. Haven't been there for ages, we've signed Willick, there's a bit more optimism. They're crying out for the football fix Which uh, uh, hasn't been had It's not the same watching football In front of uh, the television screen They're suddenly there again And I think they will be very much part of the Newcastle situation What is baffling for me Is what we're going to see from Newcastle And I'm talking in terms of the team sheet here, guys Um, I mean, I believe, for example That we will start with Woodman For certain, and not Caldolo, Caldolo hasn't played A game at all Woodman is We've Mm. talked about Woodman's Pedigree for years He's gone through every England level He's won a European Championship With England at age level He's won a World Cup with England At age level He's played 90 odd Championship games for Swansea over two seasons. You know, I mean, he is he has got a lot of experience, albeit not at Premier League level, but a lot of first team experience. And you're gonna kill that kid if you don't start him on Sunday because you've stopped him going to Bournemouth, you've brought him here, he played the full 90 minutes, which I think was significant. Against Norwich When he'd been playing a half each with Gillespie In the build-up I think it's his position on Sunday But while As you rightly said Steve Outside of Dubravka and Dummett We've got everybody fit They're not Match fit They're fit but not match fit San Maximum, Wilson Shelby, Almirin Manquillo None of them all of them have missed preseason games. They have not played every preseason game. They have not got enough petrol in the tank. Willick, if he signs by 5 o'clock tomorrow, is at 12 o'clock tomorrow, which I think he will, and therefore will be able to play, as we said at the top of the programme, I think he'll only be able to play X number of minutes. Because he's only played 48 minutes this preseason and he'll not play the 90 minutes. You would start with San Maximum, but would he last 90 minutes? You would start perhaps with Wilson, but how rusty is he? Shelby's played a game and a half. Almiron came back late from Copa America. Um He's always fit because he's a Duracell bunny in terms of running about. But how sharp is he? Manquillo is hardly played. So it's going to be interesting. All those players we've mentioned probably haven't got 90 minutes in them. So do you start with them and then bring them off? Or do you hold them and then put them on? And um, So it, what confuses the picture for me so much more is we don't know what the team sheet's going to be Before the kickoff, who's going to start And who's going to be on the bench It's going to be interesting Um, West Ham, we did the double Over them last season, how on earth Did we manage to do that when you (laughs) think of Their record, we beat them 2-0 down there And we beat them 3-2 up here Yet, having Given us, not given us We won the points, let's be fair to Newcastle But having sacrificed Six points against Newcastle West Ham still finished 20 points ahead of Newcastle when they were in sixth place. Can you believe that? There were 20 points ahead of Newcastle, having given Newcastle six points. Um, So there was a whacking contradiction in West Ham last season. They were good. Uh, There's absolutely no question about that. They haven't got Lingard now, and I'm very grateful for that. They've held on to Declan Rice And my jove, didn't he have a great Euros Uh, And Antonio can put himself about up front a little bit It's going to be difficult So if I was making a a prediction And you always ask Steve for us to do that um, My heart would say 2-1 to Newcastle And my head would probably say 1-1 draw Uh, I can't contemplate a first day defeat uh because i don't want to do that uh, but any result is quite possible i would like to think we're going to win 2-1 uh, there's a lot of me might say it might be one one but i i prefer to start the season optimistic and get thoroughly depressed as the season goes on uh, and therefore i would start with 2-1 malcolm
0: your prediction
1: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I've thought carefully on this and, and, you know, it's so difficult. I keep swaying from one scoreline to another. Um, I I, I just have a feeling that uh, we might see some goals. And so I'm going to take Newcastle 3-2. You
2: heard it? Yeah, first. Fantastic. That's a cool, Steve, what about you, mate? I want to put you I'm, on the spot here. I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to go for a Newcastle win. I am optimistic. I think there'll be a feel-good feel factor with Willock arriving. Um, I'm going to go Newcastle 3, West Ham 1. Dear me,
2: we've turned from being utterly depressed <laughs> one week ago... We're now marching on Poland. It's amazing what a week, what a week will do, isn't it?
1: <laughs> but that's Tyneside hope for you, John.
2: That's us, baby. That's the way it's always been up here. <laughs> By the time we do the second game, we might be in a slightly different frame of mind. But uh, let's, we let's well. march behind the Jody flag today.
0: Get yourself along to the Dog and Parrot To see Malcolm and Joe Allen It's free entry uh, Dog and Parrot Opposite the Centre for Life In Newcastle Just up from the uh, the train station Half past twelve They'll be there And uh, always a good show Great to see you lads Look forward to speaking to you Next Thursday Have a good week
1: Alright yeah. Have a good weekend Steve Same for you Do Enjoy
2: Geordie flag Newcastle to win <laughs>